Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. So this is the second installment for 2021. And against my greatest plans of recording and interviewing on a consistent basis after the first recording life just started coming and I think that's true for all of us you know life is life <laughs> despite our best efforts um despite what we wish or we hope or we dream you know there's so much going on and my goal is to continue to be consistent I'm gonna say continue because I was in the past um but I also got to a space where I had to just allow myself space to not do and space to receive And sometimes we have to take a step back from the things that we want to do, um, we feel an urgency to do, but sometimes we just feel paralyzed. And I know I did. I felt like I needed a minute. I felt like I was, as much as there was something in me to say, what am I going to say? Do I want to talk about the things that I'm actually struggling with? Do I want to divulge that? Do I really want to interview somebody right now? Do I have time? What are the priorities in my life at this at this moment? And it literally just, I had to stop. And I said, you know, we're not recording this <laughs> until we record it again. And I'm just going to have to be okay with that. And what's funny is, in my quiet from recording more stuff was happening but I started stumbling upon these YouTube videos of other people who were like oh man guys sorry we weren't around for two months you know this that or the other was happening and the reality is everybody was kind of going through something similar you know where there had to be a pause a, a halting a stoppage because our focus had to go into another place. And I can remember just wanting a word um, maybe like a week ago because there are just different things I'm facing at work. There are things that, you know, have uprooted in my family. And I like the devotion. I like, you know... Um, those devotional plans that they have on the Bible app. And I did 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of this year. And to get to this point of stop (laughs) and not having anything to say, but really needing a word. um, It's funny where the word came from. It was something I had reposted on Facebook. And um, recently I recorded a radio show where I talked about this and I, ta- I want to talk about it today I do I want to share it um, because I think it's going to help someone 
And it's going to help me again. And it's going to remind us all of what's necessary in times like these. And so I'm going to read an old devotional. It's not old, old, but it ain't new. (laughs) But you know, the things that are old are new. Nothing's new under the sun. Messages recycle because you need to hear things in repetition. There's a psychological reason for that. Um, The spiritual reason for that is we need reminders, constant reminders of who God is. So this is a devotion from Joyce Myers called God Speaks So He Can Help Us. And it comes out of Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. The verse is, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And the definition of a yoke is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they are to pull. I'm one that just likes to have a definition of things so I understand where things are coming from. So again, reading the verse, Isaiah chapter 10, 27. The yoke, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And it reads this way. When God speaks to you about an issue that needs to be dealt with in your life, you should not put it off. You can trust that the anointing, which is the power and ability of the Holy Spirit, is present to break its grip on you. If you put off confronting the problem until you want to deal with it, You may have to face trying to change without God's power or anointing. Mm. We often want to do things in our own timing and we struggle and struggle because it is not anointed by God at the time we are trying to deal with it. For example, there are times when I feel like I want to confront an issue with an employee, but I know that it would be wiser for me to pray about it for a while and let God prepare that person's heart. When I follow God's timetable, I always have his anointing to get it done. I have learned to deal with issues when God wants to deal with them and leave them alone when he wants me to wait. I have also had the frustrating experience of trying over and over to change myself without waiting on God's help and timing. God's anointing must be present for anything to work right in our lives. When God convicts us of something that needs to change in our lives, that means he has prepared us to face it. Peep that. I'm going to just say that again. (laughs) When God convicts us of something that needs to change in our lives, that means he has prepared us to face it. We may not feel that we are ready, but we can trust that his timing is perfect and his anointing is present to break the yoke that is hindering our full freedom. I have learned to say, Lord, I may not feel ready, but if you say the time is now, then I trust that your power is with me and I am willing to be obedient to you. As you step out in faith to deal with issues, you find that the wisdom, grace, power, and ability that you need are present. God's word for you today, don't put off until another day what he wants you to deal with today. And let me tell you why. Now this is me talking. This ain't Joyce. (laughs) What was so poignant about that word at the moment I got it was the space I'm in. 
with trying to create something um, that I don't feel I'm equipped to do. I'm well aware that there are people around me that can help. I have an issue with delegation. Um, And there are reasons for that. You know, part of it is not wanting to be a burden on anyone. Um, That's really what it is. I can't think of nothing else in this moment because there are other situations where the issue is, you know, control. You know, if, if I want it done right, I need to do it myself. But this isn't it. It's not wanting to be a burden. It's not wanting to put more on people that already have more on them. But I tell you, God raised up some folks who believe in this project and put me in a place where I could be vulnerable and transparent with them. I was forced to be. And to say, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't even know if we will win. I'm afraid to fail. I have to tell my colleagues this. That is not easy for a professional because in professional work, you are not supposed to let people see you slipping. But at the end of the day, the work is bigger than me. It's not about my ego or what I feel I can't do. It's about the people that it impacts. Thank you, God. See, even in this moment, he's coming for me. And I really just came off of um, watching the sermon that really confirmed all of this for me. I was watching um, Pastor Michael Todd of Transformation Church. I tell you, he's my friend in my head. I tell you, (laughs) one day I'm going to get him on here. I I, I feel that. I believe that. And I've been believing it for about two years. But what he talked about today was he has this sermon series about being anchored. And I encourage everyone to, you know, get you a devotion that works. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. I think it's great to always go before God in some way, whether it's prayer, devotion. I get a lot of stuff. And I got to say thank you to God for just the way that he places these things in my path, right? Even when I'm not looking for it because I go through my own stuff, okay? But he's talking about being anchored in this season. That is the space that Transformation Church is in. I believe that I co-sign on the need to be anchored. And I've seen already what the anchoring does. When you're anchored in Christ, you're anchored in God, and you stay close. Even when sometimes you got other stuff going on, you still try to just get your get your prayer in, get your, your time in. Um you realize how much your anchoring helps everybody else, even in your imperfection. Because the anchoring is about everybody else and you and you. But somebody has to be anchored. He said that in his first sermon, but that's not what he's talking about right now. So today he talked about distractions in the deep and that when we're in the deep, um, one degree makes the difference. Of whether or not we're on the path we should be on or, you know, get into our destination or not. Um, and he talked about how emotional distractions debilitate our discernment. Um, he talked about the need to take our emotions to God so he can so we can see right. Um, he talked about sacrificing our emotions at the altar. 
He talked about the need to have discernment in the deep. When we talk about the deep, we talk about these deep, deep situations of life and issues that we end up in. Um, The ways in which we've had to step out on faith and move away from the boat. And it's uncomfortable. We've never been there. We're afraid of drowning. And he comes upon um, Matthew 14, 27, excuse me, not 27, 22 to 26, where he talks about um, Peter and the disciples being in the boat. They happen to see um, someone walking towards them on water and they think it's a ghost. And, you know, Jesus says, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. And he really pointed to this idea that, and it's a true thing, what God says in the deep is more important than what you see in the deep. And even when we label God something else, he will still speak to us. And he went on further and talked about how um, Peter went out and walked on the water and it takes so much courage to do that part. But even when he started walking, he noticed that the wind was coming and he got fearful of that. And when he got fearful of that, he started to go into the water. You ain't walking no more, you know. And he yells, God, help me. Jesus, help me. And what that pointed to, and I know I'm kind of going through it. I really just encourage you to go and listen to it. Um, but what he talked about, what he highlighted was the fact that prior to that, they were already on a boat with Jesus at the time they had gone through a storm and they woke him up. Jesus was sleeping and, you know, he just spoke to the wind and the waves, peace be still. And it was done. Same people back in the boat. They were with Jesus. (laughs) Now they see him walking on water. They think it's a ghost. He says, hold on. It's me. Don't fear. Come here. Peter gets out, walks, gets a little fearful, falls, asks God to save him, and he does. But the thing that Pastor Mike pointed out was the storms that we've been through previously, they might look different when they come again. But is God not a deliverer of old? Has he not already prepared you to face the storm? I know I'm sitting with that myself. And it's amazing the things that we get. He called it Christian amnesia. (laughs) And we forget sometimes how God has delivered us from things before, the way that he's kept us or and I know I'm talking about like an individual thing, but just the way he's, he's kept our families and friends. And um, my mom used to always pray for us, um, the seen and the unseen. Lord, I ask you to protect my children from the seen and the unseen wickedness of this world. Cover them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. Um, and there's so many things that we face we don't even know about. Like, we don't know the danger that was right there. The way that, and and I know that this happens to, to people, the way that literally, even in their sleep, 
death is coming for them on purpose because of whatever purpose or anointing God has placed on their life. And if I could say this, that's what's going on in Philadelphia. It's an evil lurking in this city. I'm serious. I am serious. It's an evil lurking in this city. The amount of children, not just people, not adults, because that is that is horrible as well. To be murdered. Period. At 15, nine-year-olds dying. Women. That's an evil thing. There's no rationale for that. There is no detective work that's going to uncover a reasoning. And we often look for reasoning in tragedy because we're trying to make sense of, well, how would this even happen? It don't have no other reason but pure, unadulterated evil. And it lands in places that don't have an anchor. My God, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I'm not even trying to go there. But Philly got to get an anchor. We got to get an anchor. And we have to be clear that this is a spiritual warfare that's going on. It's way bigger than any police force, than a town watch. Although those things are necessary, okay? Those departments, those things are necessary. All that work is necessary because we're still got to deal in the human but we've forgotten our spiritual. So let me, I digress from that because I definitely went off on a tangent, but I believe it. Um, and I just, you know, wherever you are, I just ask you to pray for Philadelphia and pray for our families, our children, dealing with so many different things between the pandemic and um, poverty and, you know, issues with, you know, socioeconomics, with jobs and, um, education, you know, they're losing so much time. They're losing so much interaction. Um, and young people across the, the nation, you know, we don't know what their home lives are like. We don't know if they're eating. We don't know if they're living with their abusers. We don't know. We don't know. And the flip side of that is we have so many families who are homeschooling their children um, are even more dialed in and tapped into what's happening with their schools and things. So there's a lot of good things happening as a result of this, but there's a lot that um, it still troubles us, okay? And in addition to that, the amount of people in our city specifically who are dying because of gun violence, domestic violence, um, abuse, but just dying, snuffed out. No reasons to be had. And even if it is, it's never, it's never a good one. It's never a worthy one. I don't think there's a real reason or a worthy reason of death in this way. All right? Um, but that's another conversation for another day. But I do ask people to just lift us up. But all of that to come back to the main point. We've been through storms before. And sometimes we will take time and put things off because we're not ready to deal with it or we need a break or we need a minute. And that's honest. That's honest. That's honest. It also requires more of us 
in those moments. It requires all-nighters. It requires tapping and digging in deeper to a space in us that maybe we didn't know we had, um, that needs to be developed, or one that we just haven't touched in a long time because we haven't felt inspired. Um, It requires us to face things that are unpleasant, realizations about our individual selves, our shortcomings. It is also an opportunity to realize your strengths, the progress that you've made, um, to know the grit and the resiliency and the perseverance that has always been in you. So as much as, you know, God saying, hey, you need to deal with this, as much as it could be uncomfortable, it's telling of what you already have in you. And she said it, as you step out on faith to deal with the issues, you will find that the wisdom, grace, power, and ability that you need are present. They're there. He's already prepared us to face it because he's put it in us. We've had these experiences before. They don't look the same. And if I can be completely honest, this is part of my dissertation work. It's this idea that we have it in us already. Transferable. It's a transferable skill, if you will. If you've ever thought about, if you're ever thinking, thinking about, you know, school and, um, you know, going from one job to a different one, or now you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to go into real estate or you want to open, you want to do a drop shipping business or um, you want to do taxes, <laughs> you know, you want to sell hair and no one in your family has been an entrepreneur for years, maybe in your line or whatever the challenge might be, you know, there's a way for you to understand that Although no one else has done it in this line, somebody's done it somewhere. And even if that's not the case, I've been through enough to know that I have whatever it takes inside of me to get this done. And in this moment and in these moments that are going to come, I'm going to have to tap on that. I'm going to have to pull from the strength that I had when, you know, my, my child died at three months. I'm going to have to pull on the strength and the grit that I had when my, my teacher, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm just throwing out different things that people go through in life. My teachers told me that, you know, um, I'd never read above a, a third grade reading level because of a, a speech impediment or a, a developmental delay that I had. It could be so many different things. People put their stuff on us too. But then you've been able to rise above the stuff. You've been able to quiet the naysayers. And sometimes when you quiet the naysayers, they're still naysaying. But that's not your job to focus on that. Your job is to focus on what does God say about you? What does God say to you in the deep? What is it that he wants you to do? And at the end of the day, again, knowing that you're prepared to face it. But the reality is, and I will drop it here. The reality is that we are human and doubt happens. It is nothing to beat yourself up about because it's natural. (laughs) It is natural. I had a moment 
right around my birthday where I was really seeking into a deep depression. And I heard myself saying some things that were unbecoming of me, to me. And as they were coming out of my mouth, I knew that they were untrue. But I had to say them anyway. It's just crazy. And I laugh about it now. And it's funny because I laughed while it was happening. I was crying and I started laughing about it right after I said it. And I was like, I don't believe this. (laughs) I don't believe this. And I started talking to and talking about what I knew. Which was the opposite of what I was saying. And I talked to God about what I was feeling. And she says this in here. Joyce says this. Lord, I may not feel ready. Because this is honest. You're prepared. You might not even feel like you're prepared. But if he brings you to it, you're prepared to deal with it. You're prepared to face it. Right? And it's important to be in that alignment of anointing. If I say go, it's time to go now. Go now. And in the go now... Even when you're feeling unprepared, much like I'm feeling at this moment, but not as much as I did prior to getting this word. Lord, I may not feel ready, but if you say the time is now, then I trust that your power is with me and I'm willing to be obedient to you. Basically, that's it. Um, Excuse me. I don't know (laughs) what you want me to do. Are you serious? You got to be kidding me. But okay. Okay. You got me through some, you got me through things before. I don't know what this is going to look like, Lord, but if you're saying I need to do it, then I'm going to do it. Help me through it. I'm willing. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take these steps. And every step I take, I'm going to come back to you and say, okay, what's the next one? (laughs) What is going to happen from here? How do I need to deal with this? Sometimes we forget to go back and say, you know, uh, I'm walking, but uh, let me stop for a second. Hey, let me check in with you. Is this where you want me to be? This is how you this, this is how you want this to go? Because it's not going well right now. Okay, I need to keep going. Okay, good. But I feel like a failure. He's like, okay, that's fine. Keep going. <laughs> I'm here. I actually was talking to uh, some of my team a couple weeks ago about... Um, just the young people we work with and how important it is for, well, not even important for, for us to do this thing, but as we're helping them learn how to advocate for themselves better, they're really just needing somebody to say, Hey, go do this. Come back and let me know how it's going. (laughs) And they, they're looking at us and they're going, I wish I could could have videoed this but they're walking they're walking okay I'm doing this college application I'm doing this scholarship application okay fine I'm walking 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 and I turn right back around I'm like okay is this this what you want me to do this how I'm supposed to fill out this FAFSA this how I'm supposed to fill out this college application we're like yeah you did good okay now there's the next step here and then they go and they do the next step and they come back and they say okay I did that this is the question I have we answer the question okay so here's the next step and then you just continue, you're feeding the next step. And you're giving them language and how to advocate for yourself. Okay, I had a situation like that too. Somebody come, came to me when I was working in um, admissions and ready to quit. <laughs> I'm thinking of this person right now. Ready to drop out of school. And we were talking about his, um, his classes. 
and how the classes that he had taken in another place didn't transfer. So he was like, I'm done with this place. I said, okay, you done? No problem. Have you talked to such and such? No. All right, well, have you gotten this information? Did you get a transfer evaluation? No. Okay. So you just don't know whether or not they transferred or not. Right. Okay, cool. I'll do you one better. I gave a call over to the the bursar's office, registrar's office. Call over there, ask a couple questions. They said, I'll send them over. I said, all right. Walked him over. As we're walking, I'm telling him what to say. This is how you approach it. Get out your feelings. This is business. Go over here and take care of business. And come back and let me know how it goes. Just come right back or send me a text message. It doesn't matter. But I need to know what the result was. Did that. They took care of him. He let me know everything worked out. He good. Okay. Boom. Straight up. And sometimes it doesn't always work out where it's a, a, a positive outcome. They may not have gotten what they wanted. But even still, come back, tell me what happened. Okay, so this is how you handle this part. This is what you got to do next. And so it's so important for us to, in the spaces that we're in as professionals, it's almost like when you're learning how to ride a bike. You've learned how to ride a bike. Most of us have. Or we're trying to teach a child how to bike, to ride a bike. So if I'm riding the bike, you say, hey, Janelle, get on the bike. This is how you're going to pedal. You show me how to do it, and you say, okay, go do it. I got to go do this. <laughs> I got to go ride this bike. It's only two wheels. I can't put my feet on the ground. How am I going to do it? You're going to have to trust that what I've told you is going to work. I'm right here if anything happens. Okay? All right. So you start moving. You start pedaling on that bike. And you moving and you look back. <laughs> and you might swerve a little bit. And you come back and, you, you know, get yourself together and you keep on going. You might, you might fall. Who knows? Or you might, you know, just stop. You say, oh, great. I did it. Wonderful. Who's standing there behind you? Might be off in the distance, but whoever was teaching you how to ride that bike. When I turned around, my mother was back there. And in this life, when I'm moving, God is right there. In every situation that we're in, it's just learning how to get back on that bike again. I'm going to show you how to ride this bike. All right, now this one's a different kind of speed. All right, this one got four wheels, and it does something really strange, but you'll learn how to deal with it. You'll be all right. I'm right here. And that's the beautiful thing about having a relationship with God and, and knowing that he is a deliverer, always being reminded of the things that he's brought you through. The things that he's made right. I'm sitting in the thing that he made right right now. He's a constant deliverer. He's a constant keeper. But when he asks us to move, it's important for us to move. When he tells us to wait, it's important for us to wait. But in our movement and in our waiting, he's prepared us to face all of that. The uncomfortable things, he's prepared us to face it. And even in our humanity, when we feel like we are not prepared or equipped, it is imperative that we are honest with our Father. But we move. 
so I'm finished. I'm going to go do some homework. But <laughs> I love you. I thank you. If you have made it down this far, bless you because I went off on a tangent. But I thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. May God's richest blessings fall upon you and follow you all throughout your week, your day, your year. And I'll see you next time. Have you wondered about whether or not God was real, if a higher being exists, or you've had some experiences with God you want to share? Maybe you're just questioning it all. Well, Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends discusses all of these topics and asks its guests the question, when did you know God was real? So if it's you, wondering whether or not God is real, or you're wondering if that higher being exists, or you're just questioning it all, tune in and join the conversation with us on Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends, streaming where podcasts are available.